on DJ Nation. Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the shittiest fucking tournament I've ever seen in my goddamn life. The Bermuda Championship from Bermuda. It's awful, but we're here. We're degenerates. We're going to go through it. We're going to get some plays. We're going to do our thing. As usual, I am here with the GPP. All hail <laughs> the GPP King. Tambo took down another six-figure GPP this past week. I think last week we were talking about, I think I'm going to play a little, Tambo's like, I'm going to play a little bit more NBA. Opening night. Ships 100K. Tambo, what is up, my friend? It, it was third slate was the charm, actually, but I appreciate <laughs> oh, it. Was third, it was third. third? Third night, but it was a little two-gamer. Used all the stuff over at Run Pure Sports. They hooked me up. I built a bunch of lineups out, used some standard game theory and whatnot. It ended up working out. It was actually of my entire, if you call it a career, whatever, playing DFS. It was the craziest sweat of all time. The only other time I had that sort of feeling was when I almost won the Millie Maker like five years ago and came in third heart was like in my throat and it was because i was anti-sweating a dude like marcus morris did not play the whole fourth quarter and then i like is john wall's playing extra because of that and all these guys are in and i'm fading everything until the very last second he even brought the ball up i, I beat the second place train of eight guys by 0.3 it was i would have dropped from a hundred thousand to like 2500 so it was a massive drop ninety seven thousand five hundred, and on top of that John Wall brings the ball up down point three with 29 seconds. Lakers are down five. I know they shouldn't be like, who cares? It's 29 seconds. You don't need to foul, but I thought they were going to foul and he makes the one free throw and I lose. They decided not to foul. And it was just worked out so perfect, but that was the crazy 97,000 with 29 seconds. They didn't foul. Didn't foul 97. Wow. You can watch the box score $97,500 difference based on that. Again, maybe they foul maybe they don't maybe makes the free throws maybe doesn't there's all the butterfly effect all these things but it was crazy man i appreciate i appreciate everybody that supports reached out love what i do love playing these things it's it's a grind but it that makes it all worth it when something like that happens so got to keep at it we're doing it again tonight we're doing this pod go right back into some more nba lineups got showdown tonight too but you said it i, I leave that uh, eloquency up to you talking about how good this field is i'll say good you obviously said much different than that we might have a title somewhere in there but i think uh, before we get into it, got to remind everyone very quickly, we are brought to you and presented by prizepix.com. Head on over to prizepix.com, use promo code MMN, get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100 free. Check that out. We've talked about it plenty of times, not going to spend a bunch of time on it today. They know what it is as well. But when we get to the regular season, the key, we are going to get some sort of one day drop lines that we can use on prizepix, specifically on this show, where you can sort of pause the pod or the show wherever you're watching it. Go get them in for what we're talking through when we do our segment and be able to get them in that way because Prize Picks is crushing it right now. You can see the numbers. They're just doing big numbers. Everyone's loving it. And then on top of that, Kenny, we're going to have more stuff, you know, with um, with the betting and all that stuff too. So we'll keep that in mind for the regular season. We're still in the swing season, but we're not on a no-cut week. We had one last week, though, and a, a guy you might know, Kenny, Roy McIlroy, might have heard of him, got the job done, yeah. new number one in the world, won the CJ Cup. Yep. Pretty solid. The field was incredible. I know there was a lot of talk about the coverage all week, but you got to see the end of it. You got to see Roy ship the thing. So what, what are your thoughts on the CJ Cup? We'll do uh, that be first. Before we get into that, it's amazing how good you are at GPPs. Everyone, it's incredible uh, how good Tambo is. Now, Now the funny thing is I have won. I, I, look, I went back and I've won a dozen GPPs. Okay. I've won three classic golf slate GPPs. The first, uh, the first two 
were in 2015 when like the max prize was like 500 bucks. Okay. And then I won another one in 2018. I was a Canadian open where Vegas won. I've won four showdown golf GPPs. Yeah. I've won an NFL showdown GPP. I've won one golf GPP and I call NBA NBA GPP. I won that back in like 2015. Uh, those showdown GPPs were all one when showdown first started like that first year. So the prize pool sucked. Uh, mm-hmm. I won three tennis GPPs when tennis first started. And like, I won like three GPPs in like the first month. And then like everyone caught up and I was never able to win again and I quit. So basically I won a dozen GBPs. All those GBPs added up doesn't even equal $10,000 of winnings. Doesn't even equal 10K. I won a dozen GBPs and I won jack goddamn shit. So I was looking through that and that shit pissed me off. Uh, anyways. Um, this is your season uh, though. This one coming no, up. You're going to no, get no, that $5. It's going to be like 25 I, I, I need. I need that five figure. I've only had two four figure GBP wins of those 12. This will be the season five. I think you're going to, it's going to be 25 K or more. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. only playing the $5 now. Yeah. I switched it up. I took out the $3. I took out the $1. I'm just playing 50 of the $5. That's it. That's how I'm going. Um, like it's it. actually been okay. It's been helpful uh, because even if I've had some poor weeks, it still adds up pretty well. Anyways, let's talk about Rory. Uh, I mean, you can't really deny what he's done in the last eight months. Uh, he's clearly the best player in the world after Scheffler had his little, after Scheffler had his little run, uh, Rory's been the best, a uh, couple of wins, some, some insane stat I saw. Um, he's had more wins than missed cuts in eight of his last 12, 13 PGA seasons. It's crazy. That's pretty fucking good. And, and you know me, I'm not a big Rory fan, uh, but you can't deny what he's doing on the golf course. Now, of course it hurt me a little bit because I was John, John Rom all aboard, uh, last week, of course, he, he melted down a little bit, had that uh, plugged lie on 14, uh, pretty good out, uh, but he missed that putt, left it short, right in the heart. Uh, and so that, that and then Rory made a birdie. And so the lead went from one to three, and then he parred the next hole and Rory birdied the next, well, the four stroke read with three left and it was over. Uh, Rory tried to make it a little bit exciting with Kitayama out there, bogeying the last two. Uh, Kitayama, great, great week for him as well. Uh, cash game cornerstones for me, solid ROM top five. Um, I think Homo finished 23rd, but he was 11th in scoring. Uh, I think Young finished 23rd. He was top 15 in scoring. Mullinax, I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Uh, he went pure Keegan on everyone with the first round leader and then finishing almost dead fucking last. At least he didn't finish DFL in drafting points. I think he was 60th out of 78 golfers in drafting points. So not the best out of him, but you know, my other two golfers in cash were um, Hoagie and Kiriyama. So I was like top 1%, 2% in every single double up that I was in a uh, four and one record for the year. Um, GPPs weren't great. Uh, I think I lost like a hundred bucks, um, you know, of the two sixty or something that I, that I put in into the um, $5. So uh, another winning week, I'll take it. Uh, you know, it was a good golf tournament. It was fun to watch. We had some I mean, what we could watch. I'm not even. I'm not even going to speak about that. We all know the coverage fucking blows. I don't know what's how they can fix it. I'm not even going to go into that. It's just that's the way it is, and it's fucking blows nuts. Uh, but uh, what we did see, you know, it, it was it was a fun watch. Uh, lots of you know, top tier guys. Fitzy moving up there. Fleetwood third in scoring in DraftKings scoring. Uh, definitely liked him last week. If I had each way, I would have hit him and Rom, but I don't. 
So that didn't work out either. How was your week and what did you think of the event? The event was good. Like I said, it was a star-studded field, so that's fine. The coverage, I mean, all the complaints like this didn't exist already. Like, my God, it's it's worse seeing the Twitter complaints when we know it's there. Like, we they need to make it better. I agree. I'm with you. But it's like... I think, but I think it's a good way to get it out and have people notice you know i mean well, like the, the, the same the media the media pick it up golf yeah. golf digest will pick it up run a little some i fucking love golf i love golf i love watching it i think it's incredible this is the best field i want to watch it but nobody gives a shit when it's this time of year we've explained it someone i think it was josh bennett on twitter this guy zish swish or whatever i don't care what anybody thinks i'm siding with him on this one he said like it don't matter like, would they make a little bit of money? Sure. They don't care because the only people that care are the 200 people that liked the main tweet on Twitter. I, again, people are going to hate me for this. I don't care. I'm telling you right now, we all want to see it. We do because it's our bubble. We gamble on it. All this, it needs to get better in the future, 1000%. And they should get there sooner than later. But you're acting like we haven't been saying the same thing for the last five years. We can keep talking about it. It's not changing. They're not going to change it on a Thursday afternoon when nobody gives a shit in the reality of- At least the weekend, give me a little bit more. Give me me all the leaders. Give me the whole leaders round on the weekend at least. Their their thought process is, like he said, we'll be back no matter what. You can say you're going to boycott it. You ain't going to boycott shit. You'll be back on the weekend. And on top, it doesn't mean it shouldn't get better. I'm again, I agree with these takes. I'm gonna say when we're complaining about it time and time again, it's not what's gonna change it. Like it's just there has to be once maybe better leadership or something comes in there, we can get it. We don't even know the back end of the TV deals. We know what they should be and what we want them to be, but we don't know what they are. And like you said, they just don't care enough. It's not a big enough crew to give a shit. So other than that, though, and then, and again, the best golfers, Kenny, should be doing well enough that you see them. They're gonna be on TV because they're crushing and you will get to see the last six hours or whatever it is versus the whole 10 but it's another story the whole point would be Rory crushed again it's what he's been doing uh, someone else said it on today on twitter it might be true the the live factor where like uh, they talked about like the last dance and how it you know my mj used to go up and like start shit with someone just to get himself riled up for a game to do it Rory kind of has that pre-built in right now he's had to be the leader the, i mean that to me is the biggest takeaway from what Rory's been doing is he's had to like hold the flag for the PGA tour and be yeah. the front man while going and playing like this too. That's why I thought Rom would win. That's why I thought Rom would be extra motivated because I think Rom wants to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't, you know, he had that comment about, you know, I don't know shit. Just ask the two guys, you guys, you know, yeah. talking about tiger and Roy, it didn't sound like a playful way to talk about it. You know, it, it sounded sort of bitter. Uh, I think he wants to be that guy and that motivation and it just didn't pan out for him. He played well. Uh, he was, you know, top of the leaderboard for uh, the whole week. Um, but just, you know, except for, you know, I, don't, I don't think he was that high on Monday, on, it was, it, on it Thursday. Was Thursday, the first round. He, he did his thing on Tuesday, though. I t- that's what I was going to say. The last two things on it, wise um, eight places. I hit the bet. That was the only thing good nice. about my betting week. DFS, I almost broke even. I came just under. But on day one, I was smashing. Do you know who shit the bed the whole way through thereafter? Gary Mullinex. Oh, Woodland and Mullinex. He Both of those guys. First round leader to all. Yeah. Like he went Keegan on the tournament of a no cut yeah. almost. Same with Molinax. Molinax finished eight yeah. over. I think it was seven under. Yeah. Six under. So those he two lost guys 14 strokes in three days. Disappeared. Uh, yeah. But uh, because yeah, like yeah. after after the second round, my cash lineup was my best GVP line. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so you know, always put your cash lineup in GVPs, no matter what. Always do that. Do not make that mistake. The worst feeling you'll ever have in the world is winning a $50 double up 
So you went 50 bucks when that shit could have shipped a five dollar or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That would be awful. So always put your cash lineup in a GPP. Cash lineup's been crushing it here lately, guys. I mean, Tambo's crushing in GPPs. I'm crushing it in cash. What more do y'all fucking want? Let's go Let, for the for, for the people that actually listen in the fall, which is like a third of what we usually get uh, during the main golf season. You're getting some good picks, guys. We're doing pretty fucking well. So keep on riding with us. We'll keep it going all through this shitty ass fucking swing season. God damn, this tournament is going to be awful. But we're here and we're going to put our picks in and we're going to put our plays in. I actually feel pretty good about my cornerstones this I like week. Your cornerstones this week. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but uh, anything else you want to talk about before we move on? No, let's go to Listener League. Doug K five one seven took it down. Kenny, you got it up? I do not because I was not prepared. But I will have it up here in just one second. Um, so what was his name? Doug K. What? Doug K five one seven. Okay, he ended up winning. I know we had a. I think it was Shigaboo that was up there for most of the week. Uh, who's won late? That, that would have been like his third or fourth win. But good say, for yeah. Doug K five one seven. Established a run established to run avatar won 500 bucks started off with Roy McElroy who of course my highest on golfer last week I did say I'm playing the euros I'm fading the Americans uh in that 10k range that worked out pretty fucking well still not good enough in GPPs uh but he had Roy McElroy of course the winner 33 and a half percent solid work there DGens uh Jordan Spieth who finished minus two who came you know re- really did well to finish at minus two. He's played dog shit. Uh, and then he had that idiotic left-handed two-foot putt that he tried to make. He reminds me of Phil in some ways in that form and not in a good way. Um, and then he had that going. He was 22.6% owned. He finished in what, 52nd place. Hollywood, uh, who I had in my cash lineup, who I liked a lot, only 6.5% owned. He finished in... 13th place tommy fleetwood again another one of my plays from last week that i really liked um you know i thought his price was too low uh 10 owned finished in fourth jason day four rounds in the 60s for mr day uh he had a he had a pretty good finish a couple weeks back as well it could be something to look at for mr day four percent owned uh finished in 11th place and he had kitayama who was i i was a little shocked that he wasn't more owned uh, because I mean, I love them. Everyone in the industry loved them. There are bets all over the place on them. I had it in my goddamn cash lineup. Uh, but he was only 10% owned in the listener league. Of course, he finished runner up. What'd you think? Yeah, I love this lineup. Actually, we won't spend too much time because it's on, like a GBP lineup. That's why you love it. Well, it's a, it's a good <laughs> lineup. But my takeaways, I was trying to give the people a little something is that uh, we talked about it. Mullinex and Woodland just crushed Woodland, crushed our lineups or some lineups. And for me in tournaments, like if you look at the lineup, I said Rory or Rom last week, put them in doubles. Speed, the creativity that this course would require in this lineup, just using this lineup as an example, putting up almost 600 points, did not score well. It was his worst score, but I could see why he went there. Hoagie, you loved. Fleetwood, I talked about the Lynxy style around the greens. I thought it just suited him well. Day, we literally, he's, we were joking about the Australian angle and we said, Australian sale, he is Australian. We were like, I like this guy, had the good result coming in. And then Kitayama, we both liked. So just using that from the, building it out, the fact that it was different was, no 10K, no 9K, no 6K, and still got a couple plays under 10% while using guys at popular uh, ownership like Rory and Speed. So I think it was a great lineup all around. Shout out to Doug K517. We will see them in the three-man this week and already got them into our Tournament of Champions, which will, again, go through all through the swing season and regular season 
of course, but congrats to Doug K517. All right, let's get to this week. PGA Tour heads to Bermuda for the Bermuda Championship from Point Royal Golf Course. The strength of the, the, strength of the field, straight garbage. Like, I, okay, like I just took a shower. I, you know, I'm hot. I, I, I'm like a little Caesars. I'm hot and ready for this hot garbage of a fucking field. Because, I mean, good Lord. This is, I, I, I don't think I've ever in my life seen a field this bad, a standalone field. Maybe like an opposite field event for a WGC, but a standalone event. I mean, even the goddamn defending champion didn't show up. You're like, fuck this shit. I ain't coming. I, I, I don't know why, but uh, it's the weakest we've seen in a long time. Good strategies usually in these type of weak field events in GPPs, especially fade the high owned guys, especially in the seven and six K range. It's almost like an auto fade. If I see anyone like 10 to 15% in the seven, six K range, I ain't playing. Uh, uh, unless they're in my cast lineup. And that's something that I build before I know any ownership or anything like that. So I can't really change that. Um, you know, the, the odds of a guy missing the cut in that range is way higher than a normal event with decent or strong strength of field. Because I mean, these guys comparatively are garbage. They're not garbage. They're great players, but comparatively to what we see on a weekly basis, garbage. Um, you know, now, now weather, of course, always going to be a factor uh, at this course. You're going to have like 20 mile per hour winds that we've seen here. It's really affected the scoring at this event. I think the first year, uh, Brian Gay won, minor, or Brennan Todd, Brian Gay, one of those little mini hitters. They won the first year, like minus 24 and the last, and it was pristine conditions. Last two years, we've had a bit of wind, uh, had a bit of a, you know, worse conditions and, and the winning score is minus 15. Uh, so wind definitely plays a part from what I'm seeing right now. Looks like thunderstorms likely every day. Uh, again, this is going to make a great tournament. Thunderstorms likely every day. Uh, looks like it's going to be calm on Thursday. Then 20, 20 plus mile per hour winds Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Definitely going to have to check the weather. Definitely a week you think of wave stacking. Definitely a week where you wait till the fucking very end to make your bets and to make your um lineups of course my dumb ass just didn't even think of that and i made my bets already so my betting card is in uh if it's really off based on the weather i might cash out but by then it'll probably be too late so i'm stuck i'm stuck uh this is the way i'm gonna go now let's move on to the actual like meat of the course oh other things about this course uh you know the first couple of years you know it was predominantly you know how short of a course this is you see a lot of shorter hitters do well and so you would think, you know, driving distance really doesn't matter. And then, of course, last year, the leaderboard just filled with bombers. So, you know, still trying to figure out what's going on. I think what it shows is any type of golfer can win on this type of course, especially with this type of field. Um, now, the Port, Port Royal Golf Course, 6,820 yard, par 71, three par fives, four par threes. The par fives are short with all three measuring under 555 yards, and these three holes will be the three easiest on the course. Even the shortest of hitters have an opportunity to get the ball on the green in two, which is, of course, wind-dependent. Uh, the par fours, short also. Six of them are under 400 yards, and we might only see one play over 450 yards, and that's only if they use the back tee box. Uh, the par threes on the other hand, wow. Um, uh, you know, Three of the four, I think, are all four over 200 yards. Three of the four will be uh, the nine will be inside the nine most difficult holes on the course. Now, off the team, 
Golfers will see average size fairways with bunkers in the landing areas, plenty of elevation changes throughout the course, and especially off the tee. Uh, the rough surrounding the fairways, zoysia grass, shouldn't be too tall or thick, water and play on five holes. The course is so short that most golfers will hit less than driver on most holes other than the par fives. On approach shots, golfers will see smallish, you know, average to smallish greens that don't have too much slope or undulation. The greens have been fairly, been fairly soft the past two years. I think with the rain in the forecast, we're going to see that again. These Bermuda grass greens should play very slow as well, um, you know, because they always set up for windy conditions since it is right on the water. Uh, I don't think the stip will be more than 10 and a half. Uh, the tournament will be one with long, solid long iron play, wedge play, and putting. There will be at least six shots a day from 200 plus yards. There will also be a ton of wedges. Um, you know, and, the, and what we've seen in the last few years, you know, all the leaders were near the top in putts per green and regulation. Uh, this could turn into a putting contest. Uh, Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, similar to what you said, but I just want to add a couple of things because that's how I think of it. At this event, you talked a little bit about the ownership factor. I think that's like, usually it's the biggest thing anyway, but here it's just the weather, the, you know, the variance. If you look at sort of the win equity and the way the guys break out and they're almost all similar odds. If you go to a top 20 bet sheet right now, again, we're trying to dig into everything in the swing season. We don't care how shitty the event is. You look at it, it's even the books are keeping it very straightforward and similar where it's like, you're not finding a lot of difference between these guys at the very top, the mid range, and then down. Like once you get to 7K up to 9K, it's basically all the same guy. And you can make the argument that some of the guys in the 9K are similar to the guys in the upper range, 9K and above. So definitely looking at the weather first, waiting on that Friday, as you talked a little bit about, but Friday for sure looks bad. So you could just see where you stack an entire wave and just run it or stack a little bit of both because if we get thunderstorms, it could push one, not the other. That's just a little edge in the off season you can look for swing season. I should say the other one is the ownership. We just talked about it. You could literally, this would be one of the weeks where you could fade it all. If you want it, there's, there's no difference between the guys. So just, if you wait and can get really good ownership projections or an idea where people are at, there's definitely a pivot there. That's going to be 2% to a 20%. So it's insane the way it's setting up, right. Or a 5% to a 15% is three to one still go ahead. Think about this weather, though, when you think about it, like you said, on Friday, um, you know, lots of thunderstorms in the forecast, which can cause delays, which can cause different tea times, which can cause, you know, different things like this. So, you know, in an event where you see an obvious wave stack, but there's no like, there's no real fear of delay. Um, I think it's a lot easier to try and go in that direction of stacking. Now, in this situation with storms, the first day as well, all four days have potential for thunderstorms. So it's going to be very, very difficult to pinpoint the timing of everyone going off. So just make sure you give you like you always say this, Tambo, when you do these types of stacks, always save a little bit for the opposite stack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, I, that, that's your thing. Go explain it to, to the masses there. Tambo. Well, like it happened at the players. I got it wrong. Mayo got it wrong. We did, you know, we did some shows together. People just weren't correct on it but the craziest part was is only six percent even stacked the weather wave only one percent with the went with the opposite side so 93 percent of the field didn't even stack a wave when it was pretty obvious there was going to be a wave it just wasn't the one that we all pretty much went all in on and changed to so still a mistake was made but that's what you learned from it was that you still there was an edge no one was stacking a wave 
Now JT broke through or whatever, and, and other guys got to the top. Not in that one. I'm using just another example. It was at a PGA championship. The other time it happened, JT broke through, ended up winning the PGA championship. But at the players, the other wave ended up being the best one. So if you had to stack the little of both sides, you still would have came away with a bunch of six and sixes likely on the other side. So you want to do that in fields like this, or I have no problem. I should say burning lineups like that because you all, you don't know what your mixed ones are going to be. And if there's going to be a clear edge, you want to at least have some that are geared towards. So maybe you do 50, what do you do, like 40, 40, 20, 40. I was 40, just going to say 40. something like that. Exactly. Yeah. 50, mm-hmm. 25, 25. If you think there's no edge and you just want to see in case there is, if you think there's a strong way, 40, 40, 20, it's, it's like you said, you can shake it out however you want, but I'm definitely looking at that. And then the other strategy point that I want to bring up Kenny, because stats honestly are like the least I'm using them, but I'm saying course history and stats to me are nothing because course history. This place plays like a, you know, maniacal every year. It's different. It's crazy. Yes. Brian Gay is the champion of this course. We know it. He's like the only dude. There's three, maybe one of them was Malnati who actually withdrew today and is in the pricing around 7,200. He's out, had a seventh and a 21st. So course history to me, don't care stats. I care, but we'll know what the form is coming in. We'll talk about as we go through the tiers. But the last thing is the salary usage. Remember, Dietrich, McCarthy, Moronk, Power, Rye, and Hubbard, they're only priced there because somebody has to be priced there. They're not the best golfers in this field. That's just, to me, it's not true. There's other guys that I think could easily smash them. And you guys know that too out there. It's not rocket science that they can easily be beat here. So you don't have to use it all. You can cap at 49,000 and turn off everybody 10K and above. And the reason I say it like that is because people will leave money but guess what? When you just leave money, it's going to actually still want to use one of those 10K guys because they're still going to look better on paper or project the best or have the best Vegas odds or whatever it might be. I'm talking about deleting them, clearing them X amount, whatever you want to call it, and still capping because then you're making sure you're not getting that upper tier while capping it. So just a, a little tidbit I'll throw out there. It's what I do in some cases, but definitely in fields like this, Kenny. Sounds good. Let's, let's get to the tiers. Let's go ahead and start this topic at seven golfers. 10K and up, uh, six golfers, 10K and up. This way, start. We got uh, Chubba Hubbard all the way to Dietrich. How are you starting? <laughs> Chubba Hubbard? Chubba Hubbard's the uh, the backup running back. Right now I know, I, I, know. I just <laughs> like calling him that. <laughs> yeah, but Mark mm-hmm. Hubbard, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's expensive for all these guys, of course, like you said. Sounds like Rye is getting a little bit popular on uh, on Twitter already, so looking at stuff like that. But McCarthy, you talked about it. You know, the thing about McCarthy is, even though he's going to get the ownership or whatever, it reminds me kind of like Rory last week, not comparing them at all, but in the field, he actually has, you know, we just talked about it not being as important, but at least he's seen the course. If it does turn into a putting contest, he, he's one of the best in the field. I think he is the best last 50 rounds, actually. Uh, good around the greens, good on the par threes, which you talked about. So from a stats, history, everything. Now the ownership is the only reason to be out, but I don't see a lot of the pivots around him that I really like power Hubbard Rye, Those would be the other guys that you could go to there. But I think again, you're going to be able to get away with playing a couple of these guys as well, Kenny, because I do think when we get to the nine K range, that's where everyone's going to want to play everyone. So if you did want to get different, this is again, another, I guess I'll add one more strategy piece because I sort of contradict myself on the ownership piece, but just to say it, if McCarthy's the most popular, how are people playing him? If they're playing McCarthy and then a couple 9K guys that are chalk and you could play McCarthy with a Hubbard who no one wants to touch, let's say, because it's 10K Hubbard, that would be a way to get different with the chalk. So you're sort of stacking some chalk in there and then getting different elsewhere. So I, I look for strategies like that where we've seen it time and time again, Kenny, where people, the, the FOMO ranges, 
They can't not play a 9K guy. It's, these guys are all so good. You can make a narrative or a story for any of them, but you don't have to, right? You, you can just skip the range entirely, hope that six or seven of the 9K range bust and you, someone just doesn't land on the perfect combo and you got a different lineup altogether. Yeah, Hubbard, my favorite play uh, in this range. Uh, you, you, you think know, he'll he, be popular then if, if you like him for cash? If I like him, he usually is. I would figure. I, he almost was in my cash lineup, but I decided it was him and Patrick Rogers. I'm probably safe for it with Hubbard, but I want to play Hubbard at GPPs, and I don't feel like playing, you know, 30% Hubbard and putting him in cash, you know, for ROM or something like that. Okay, yeah, I'll go into Hubbard. No, I was so, hoping so I, I figured Hubbard would have people off him a little bit, and people seem to like rise. So that's how I wondered. I like Hubbard. Uh, you know, he, he he's my he's my favorite play in this range. Uh, stats pan out. He was in contention not too long ago. Form is not bad. He's been having a pretty good three-month stretch. Uh, I think better than most uh, in this field. Uh, you know, Iron Game, you know, strong. I mean, whatever. Iron Game, he's the best in the field in the last 50 rounds. Heated Green, he's fine. Bogey avoidance uh, within the top 10. Really, really good with his wedges. Uh, of course, going to be a lot, a lot of wedge play. And above average uh, with his longer irons. Um, so, you know, sort of above that, right around average uh, in this field with his longer irons. I like Hubbard a lot. I don't mind even starting him in cash. Uh, I like Hubbard. He's going to be my highest owned play. God damn it, probably. Um, now, I also like Seamus Power. Um, excellent on short courses. Strokes gain total, short courses. I know uh, sample size for a lot of these guys isn't that great. But for him, you know, he, he's number one. The guy just tends to do well on shorter, easier courses. I'll go ahead and put a little Seamus Power out there. I think didn't he win in the fall last year, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, so yeah, I, I like Power. You know the skill is there. Those are the two guys I'll be focusing on. I might throw some Denny out there. I don't know, but I know I'm going to play those two guys uh, this week in GPPs. There's no doubt. Let's move on to this nine K range. My first cash game cornerstone. When I'm thinking about cash this week. It's very, very easy to overthink because, like, you know, these guys are just not as good as you normally would. These guys are not the guys I normally would put in cash. And if they were, they would be, like, my fourth guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, my punt play would be these guys that I am rostering in my cash game cornerstones uh, now. So, um, you know, the way I'm going about it, I'm going simple, good form, played well here before inside the top 25% in my stat line. That's, that, that's what I'm looking for uh, in cash, really. That's it. Um, you know, you don't really have to pay attention too much to ownership in cash. You play who you want. Doesn't really matter. So first cash game cornerstone is going to be Patrick Reed. Uh, not Patrick Reed. I wish it was Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed was last year when he was here. It's going to be Patrick Rogers. Uh, I mean, you guys know I, I'm a big Patrick Rogers fan. I think a win has to be coming for him at some point in time. No better than this week because, you know, he's probably one of the top golfers in this field. A couple of, couple of good finishes leading up to this event. Had a good finish last year here. So course form, course, uh, uh, current form, course history. Um, you know, that, that, that checks the boxes. And again, he's, he's top 10 in my stat model. So I'll go ahead. I'm just going to go simple, not overthink. Give me Patrick Rogers as my first cash game cornerstone. Second cash game cornerstone, Alex Smalley. He's made five of his last seven cuts. Uh, strong finish here last year. Once again, form, history, and he's 12th in my model. Again, iron game strong. 
really, really good with his longer irons. Bogey avoidance there as well. So my second cash game at Cornerstone is going to be Smalley. Um, other guys I like, I'm going to go with Steve Bamford on this one. Uh, he's a big Robbie Shelton fan. He's uh, he's had, I think, three top fives and uh, in this past season. And he, from, from Steve Bamford's article, make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Bamford Golf, read his article. He talks about how those were sort of similar aligned courses to what we're seeing this week. Uh, so, you know, I like that. I don't think he's going to be very popular. I mean, if you stick him in the model, I mean, he's like 94th out of 100, you know, 30 guys. Uh, but I'm just going to go based on what I read with Steve. Steve's sharp guy. I'll go ahead and take that. I really like Adam Long. Um, this one's sort of like on my side. I don't think he's going to be that popular, but you know he can win. I mean, he beat Hadwin and Mickelson in a playoff. You know the guy can win. He's had some close, uh, uh, some decent finishes here in the last three months. Um, also, you know, iron game, well above average. Tita Green is great. Putting, really solid. First in bogey avoidance. Really good on short par fours. Long is my favorite GPP play in the 9K range, Tampa. Well, good good thing you uh, you're on pace today here because long is actually 8900. So you dropped down, Kenny. Oh, did I drop down? Yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. That's okay. So, I know you're you're trying to make good time here, and I appreciate that. So you got you got some guys here. This is what I'm saying. I guess I can't decide. I'm trying to tie both them together with this. What's going to be more popular? Because with what I was saying earlier, stacking two 10K guys. The nice part is you skip all of these guys, and if you think the 7K range has a lot of similarities to the 8K range. That works well. The other thing, though, Kenny, is if you skip the upper range, like I said, maybe just people go up to Hubbard, Rye, Power, McCarthy, at least those four, because they feel like they have the money, so why not? You could play three of these 9K guys and still skip where you've got. um, So just looking at the 9K range to tie this all back together, Rogers, who you like, um, Smalley, who looks pretty good, was 12th here last year. Who else? Um, Shelton, I like him. Jaeger, Sig. SH Kim, you can I like Jaeger to too. Yeah, yeah, SH SH worries me a little bit because God, he was awful last week. I said yeah, I don't, I, I just he was don't a, care about last I week. Said, That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So my take is like I'm saying, if you wanted to play three of those guys, it's fine because you would be skipping all the guys, Mark Hubbard and above, and tying both ranges together. I guess I'll start into the AK ranges to tie it down. Is that I think you you said it long should be popular. He pops in the stats. People love him. He makes perfect sense. People are betting him. I've seen that too. You've got Shank who you like, who looks really good on paper. I, he's the one bet that I made for the week. I'm waiting on weather. We'll get to the bet segment later, but I bet him at 60 to one. The number's around 45 in most places. That's an example though, where most people are doing that. They're going to go to him here. You go and look at the model. Nick Taylor has pretty good stats. Brandon Wu has been bet and has good stats. Callum Taron has really good stats. All these guys in the 8K range that people can go to and this could be a spot where you just play three 9Ks, skip the 10s, skip the 8s, and still land in the 7s. Both of those strategies land you in the 7K range. So hopefully when we get there, you like some guys. But in the 8K range for me, if, if you are going there, you said it. Long for me, Taylor, Shank, um, Brandon Wu, Callum Taron, and then my Canadian guy, Michael Glidgick, I think is interesting as well. I don't think he pops nearly as much on the stats, but looks pretty good on the numbers. He actually has seen the course a couple times. 11th last year is just a bonus. I, again, like I said, don't want to take too much stock into it, but I definitely will say with the course history side of things, I don't care about what they did. I care more about at least they've seen it, have played in it more, you know, sort of know what to expect. And maybe they can can glean something out of that 
coming into this event here this week. But that, that's all I got for the AK range. Kenny, what do you got? Yeah, it's funny. If you look at the AK range, four golfers in this field are in the top six in strokes gained total on short courses. Uh, those four are EVR, Nick Taylor, Ekrot, Benny on Ekrot, a little bit small sample size since he hasn't been there. So I just find that interesting that, you know, there, there's four guys in the top, like five, top six strokes gained total in short courses, all in the 8K range. Uh, personally, for me, Shank is my third cash game cornerstone. Once again, current form back a couple top 25s in a row, played well here before. Uh, stat model, he's inside my top 25%. Uh, he's in there. I'm going to go ahead with Shank as my third cash game cornerstone. Uh, I really like EVR. Again, uh, again, short. I talked about long already. EVR seems, I don't know, 8,000 seems like a pretty good value for EVR in this field. I mean, the guy's talented. Um, and, you know, the biggest problem of EVR's game, of course, is off the tee. Don't have to hit too many drivers, uh, you know, so it could be good for him, and especially with his really, really strong iron game. You take away that driver from his from his hand, put in a three wood, put in a hybrid, uh, and then, you know, uh, and then his iron game takes over. He's got a shot. Uh, he's got a shot. I like EVR uh, a lot. So EVR and Long, two of my favorites, and then Shank, GPP play. Let's go to this 7K range. Um, I'll go ahead and just do my final cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Ryan Armour uh, at 7,400. Short course, short coastal course. That's what Ryan Armour does. That's him. I, I you know Any course under 7,100 yards that is, you know, is going to be that's going to be near the water. Give me Ryan Armour. I don't get, care about his stats. I don't care about his form. I don't care about nothing. He's my punt play. Give me Ryan Armour. So cash game cornerstones this week. They are going to be Patrick Rogers at ninety seven hundred dollars. Alex Smalley at ninety five hundred dollars. Um, Adam Shank at eighty seven hundred dollars, and Ryan Armour at seventy four. Leaves around fourteen five, fourteen six. Uh, for the rest of your lineup. Other guys, uh, I do like Smotherman. Interest me. Here, his stats pop pretty well. Uh, he has that nice combination of, uh, of T to green and approach. Good with bogey avoidance. Uh, I like Smotherman. Um, other guys, Sam Ryder is a guy that I will play uh, in here. Just a birdie maker. Uh, iron game strong. Well above average in everything I'm looking for uh, for the week. Um, I'm, I, what about CT Pan? I've heard this course be called a treeless harbor town. Uh, and CT, CT has won. He's been sucking ass. But you know he's won before. Uh, his resume is probably a little bit stronger than most of the guys around him uh, in this range. I will play a 5% on CT Pan. Uh, I do not mind that uh, in GPPs this week. Ben Griffin, he's been popping in the model a lot. Uh, in those last like five events, he's been really, really strong. Prior to that, it was like literally straight garbage, like 875 missed cuts. But in his last five against, I think he finished fourth at Wyndham, has another top 25, uh, you know, in the fall. Uh, so I like Ben Griffin. Um, why don't you go ahead and name off some of the 7K Tampa? Yeah, I'll go through my guys. I think the one thing about CT Pan that you said, so that's funny, is you, you mentioned the Harbor Town. Uh, treeless harbor town but then also uh, last week we were joking and it did not pan out in any good sh way shape or form with the honda classic 
But this week, they actually compare a little bit to that because Bermuda greens, wind, weather, a little bit of distance off the tee, like the strong tee to green play overall needed, all that stuff. So uh, funny enough, that's a, an interesting tidbit for this week. But Pan, when you've got Ryan Armour, who you mentioned, when you've got Piercy, who pops in the stats, and people have mentioned Ben Griffin, who pops in the stats, CT Pan could go a little bit overlooked. And also, I don't believe he has a, like a good finish here or anything like that. I don't even know if he's played it. I'd have to look it up again. I had it up here earlier. I can just check it right quick while we're live here, but yeah, yeah no, I doubt, no, I, I, I'm thinking four to 6%, right? Yeah. No history here. And the guys around him, like Duncan came in 18th here, Bryce Garnett, 21st, Piercy 14th. So people may go to all the guys around him. So I actually really like that call. He's the guy that we can go to here. Uh, Gim Ryder Hadley better on Bermuda. Usually, you know, I, I don't love him, but I just think at 7,600 in this field, he's definitely in play. I liked your Smotherman call. I always like Bramlett. 7,500 is a fair price for a guy like him. So we'll see if he gets popular. But I think he's another one that just sort of falls in that range. His history's bad here. Miscut 41st and 31st. So I'm okay with that because I don't care about it. So I'll definitely play him. At least he's seen the course. Uh, Ryan Armour, who you mentioned. Tyler Duncan can get hot. I like the pan call. Um, I think it was Baroff messaged me today about Kevin Yu. So I can go to some Kevin Yu. I think he's interesting. And then your guy, uh, MJ, D what do you call him? MJ Daffy? Duffy. 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 Yeah, yeah, uh, I like, I think he's okay. Lebiota is there, is interesting. And then the last one for me, Kramer Hickok. He was another guy that popped up in the stats and the numbers. And he's actually seen the course and done pretty well at it. That's just an added bonus. But yeah, he's, he's pretty good as well. So there's a lot of guys in this range that you could make a case for. But either way, the point being, when I went back to the top before we land the 6K range, is 10, two 10Ks land here pretty much. Three 9Ks land here pretty much. A 10K or a 9K with some 8Ks land here for your finale. Like there's a lot of guys that you can use and mix throughout this range. So I got no problem playing a bunch of dudes in this area, Kenny. Yeah, when it comes to the 6K range, guys, I'm going to try to avoid it like the plague. Uh, basically, that's why I sort of like going with the lower price guys in that 10K range. If I start every lineup with Hubbard at 10K, I mean, I, I could just avoid uh, the 7K range if I wanted, the 6K range if I wanted. If you had to make me do some type of picking on this 7K range, Jesus. I know Ash K down there, like 63. Uh, you know the talent is there. Uh, so, I mean, that's something that I can get behind uh, because talent-wise, the guy is, you know, a solid golfer. Um, uh, two guys right at 7K, Schwab and Lashley, are guys that I could think of. But, man, other than that, I mean, this could be a Streb week, like one of those weeks where you just, you know, Streb just pops randomly out the blue, random, and he'll win like an event every three years. And you just be like, how the hell did Robert Streb win an event? How does he still have his car? These are the type of events that, that, that he can get down on. So, so I'll play probably a little bit of Streb down here. But good Lord, Brian Gay, I'll play with the course history. But, man, after that, Scott Brown, another guy in a similar mold of Ryan Armour, short coastal courses. That's sort of his jam. I'll go him. But other than that, man, that's about it. What do you think? Uh, one guy right at the top might go a little overlooked. I haven't heard many mention him yet. I know it's early in the week still. But uh, just looking back, all the guys that we liked, Smalley, uh, who do we talk about? Shank. You go with Ben Martin. You know, another guy, Andrew Novak, all these guys that are in the Ben field, Martin, dude. I can get behind Ben. 
Yeah. So just bringing those guys up, I have heard some of these guys mentioned, but there was a guy that won a tournament at what I would call a pretty, you know, similar course. And that's the Corrales Hutakana. The winner was Chad Ramey. He shipped it over there. He's, he came 17th here last year, added bonus. Maybe there's something to that more when it's on different style of the course, different, similar course, but different tournaments. But the point he'll be the, the highest owned. That's sort of why I didn't say him. You think he'll be the highest owned? I think he'll be the highest owned 6K play. Oh, really? I, I didn't I didn't think that at all from what first glance and what I saw everybody else bring up. Because I don't see anyone else that is even remotely worth he's playing. 76th in the model for the last 50. Like there's there's a lot of other guys that I think people would go to before him. But yeah, um, Michael Kim, I've heard brought up at 6,900. Akshay, who you already talked about, I've heard get brought up. Um, you know, not I can get by, guys- Michael Kim, Michael Kim, first in the field from 200 plus, first in the field and par three efficiency from 200 to 225. Yeah, that's probably enough at this price for me to play him and yeah. his last name. Streb yeah. will be popular too. He's 25th in the model last 50 and the numbers like him. So I think that is another guy that will pop up here, but either we way. We have a different model because I have him at 54th. Really? Yeah, we got to do, well, we definitely have a different model. I'm, I'm going off mine, but I'm just saying in general, I think that, uh, you know, Ramey could go a little overlooked. And then what about uh, Caleb Surratt, the runner up U.S. junior amateur? I don't know if you watched that. It was an incredible battle. He was getting his ass kicked. He's obviously incredibly talented, but uh, he came back. He bounced all the way back, made it to like, I can't remember how many holes they got to like 32 of the 36 or something after it looked like he was done early uh came second in that and then he actually won his first college start so uh interesting guy down here at 6400 if you want to get early on someone but but um is there at 6300 i'm just saying you can you can play a few guys down here david Hurley, uh, i want to play i want to play garrigus just because he called fucking billy horse a douchebag yeah this he's, a good one to play down here. <laughs> he's the one that actually remember was the first guy that said he was going to live and then didn't even get the invite so Kind of a, a funny story there at the irony, but uh, David Hearn, another guy, the Canadian, he's got uh, the history here. If you wanted to go off of that again, I'm not spending time on it, but him. You got John Daly at the bare minimum. When was the last time he was in a PGA event? Didn't he like first run lead? What's uh yeah, he did. I think it wasn't right. a leader, but he started really strong. Yeah. Where's uh What was Brian Gay's price? I was going to just say that he's another one. 67. Yeah, yeah. He, I'm playing him. He's well, what's his, he's got a win here, a third and a 12th. So yeah, I'm contemplating. I mean, he might even be like a, cash and it's like it goes somebody else in the high seven eight k range six k guy that's what i'm saying you're right gay gay will be the most popular i will literally x that immediately before i play him if he beats me he beats me but yeah yeah all right that's all i got for this week man what do you got for bets all right bets i mean i was a dumbass and actually made my card but here we go not the worst because you may pick up value still it's just the point was what i was saying Uh. and i talked pre-show and i said i only bet one guy because our guy uh, on Twitter, he's a good dude, Model Maniac, said today, you know, I some that's how I pick up things before I even get into looking up my own stuff was the weather is important. And he'd already put it out there. So I didn't even need to look it up. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe I'll chill and just wait and see what happens. So I didn't go bet a bunch of guys. And the only one I bet was Bearoff mentioned that Kevin Shank, he mentioned you. I didn't, I didn't get there. But Shank at 60 said he's lower in other places or higher, I should say. So I said, I'll take him at the 60. Now he's at 45 in a lot of places. So I'm happy with that. But that's all the bets I got. But you may pick up value this way, Kenny, because you got good numbers. I got Chubba. I got homeless hubs. Homeless Hubbard. Homeless Chubba Hubbard. 25 to 1. Patrick Rogers. I got to bet him. 30 to 1. Shelton. 40 to 1. That's a Steve Bamford pick right there. Make sure you go follow him. Uh, Adam Long. 40 to 1. Shank. 45 to 1. Will Gordon. We didn't talk about him. I like him. 45 to 1. Yeah. I don't mind that one either. Yeah. That's going to be it for me. Anything else there, Tambo? Nope, that's it, man. 
You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Everything's been hot lately, guys. Uh, you know, the article, even the GBP plays have been hot. Uh, make sure you go on to Gup's Corner. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on the membership. Includes all sports. Tambo. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Of course, got the threads coming out every week. Right now, we're still on football. Some have asked me about Tambo's tidbits for golf. Not for this shitty event. Like we said, not for these swing season ones. I'm doing football till it ends, and then I'll click it back over. But I will have golf. I'll double down, even if it's a smaller thread, once we get back to regular season golf, tournament or champions. Maybe not that week, but beyond that, be back in business with those threads. So follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. I'm also doing a $500 giveaway this week, just free cash. Because why not? One hundred thousand. So I mean, here's one hundred. Why don't you send me five hundred dollars well, instead let's of talk fucking about that trip? Uh, we uh, talked about pre-show. <laughs> we can get you up here. We'll talk to Mayo. Get you up here. We'll spend more than five hundred dollars. I can promise you that. It'll be a good time. We'll get you up here to where I'm at. But that's does your good. wife listen to the show, Tambo? She does. Okay. Can't can't talk about it on here. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll keep uh, my mouth shut. All right. <laughs> and then of course, runpuresports.com, guys. Talked about it. You know, just just as hot. It's been incredible over there. The NBA season started off big T ship the first night. We had a membership, the big eight eighty eight. The second night, it's just NBA. And then the third night, I won the hundred thousand using the stuff on the site. So check out runpuresports.com. NFL, all my stuff is over there as well. Add me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. That's all we got for this event, Kenny. Yo, we hidden cash. We hitting GPPs. We hot and ready for this hot garbage of a field. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Bell.